Good evening. Today is Wednesday, August 25th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Bill's story, and our speaker tonight is Kira B. Thank you so much, Kira. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone, for being here. My name is Kira. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and bulimic, and I just I'm grateful to feel nerves and show up anyway. And I'm grateful to um, feel tired and show up anyway. And I'm just grateful for everything that I've been given. And um, Bill's story is something that was a really important part of my early recovery and continues to be. I feel like when I go back and read it, it I just can relate to it more and more. And um, and I, I struggled in this disease. I struggled with my weight. I struggled with my body image. I struggled with relationships. I struggled to have and find a purpose um, in my life. And I just sought the next fix and the next substance and the next binge. Um, always, I was always seeking it and just wanted to feel numb. And I read, um, I read somewhere, someone described it, that Bill had moral, mental, and physical consequences. And boy, so did I. <laughs> um, and he describes in the story, like the dark depths of this disease, and also just like the beautiful contentment that can come from recovery. Um, so on page eight, it says, how dark it is before the dawn. And I, just to qualify for a moment here, I, I knew what it was like to stuff myself with food, to shut off the voices in my head, to be obese um, by the time I was 17 and feel utterly disgusted with myself, um, to then purge until my teeth were yellow and my throat was raw and I was looking for any like surface to purge into because I just had to, I had to get it out. Um, and that looked like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It looked like dirty restrooms and it looked like the empty pizza box of the pizza I had just um, eaten in a busy car parking lot. It looked like a lot of things. Um, and it felt horrible. Um, and then I also knew at times just feeling lightheaded and thinking this was my life now. And, um, that, the one thing I wanted the most, the food was killing me, but I didn't care enough to, um, and couldn't stop on my own. Um, and I think it's important for me to, it was important for me and I guess continues to be um, important <laughs> that I understood that this was not a, an emotional thing that I did when I was upset or when I was sad and given, I was that a lot, but that it was this mental obsession. It was a mental craving that I was looking to fill with my allergic foods. And I know that we learned this in the doctor's opinion, but I feel Bill describes it because he describes these high points in his life. He describes having money and opportunities and being a smart, smart fellow and um, cunning and all of these things. And still he drank um, and still I ate. And 
I guess this is me trying to be funny, but um, he contracted golf fever for goodness sakes. Like he had, he had things going on. He had a wife who loved him and he, he drank and he also, what was important for me to understand was that um, it wasn't a disease of like where I was. Like he describes moving around the country, like Zen in the art, like, let me go here and here. And the drinking followed him. And for me, that was the case too. It didn't matter who I was with, uh, what my surroundings looked like, um, whether I was at home with my family, who I would have sworn to were the reasons I ate um, or away at college with a new opportunity, um, still I ate. I felt that I had nowhere to run, but also nowhere to hide. Um, again, just like it was a time filled extremely in self. I was self-conscious, I was self-loathing, uh, self-deprecating, um, and it came back to me. Um, on page eight, it also says, no words can tell the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. And if I think about that line, like if I think about food being my master, like the fact that that meant for me that food was always coming first. Like I was this submissive figure in my life. I was in the background and food was in the forefront. Food was what I idolized and needed and um, it controlled me. I could not control my eating. My eating controlled me. And that's not like just a saying that I've heard in rooms. It like was my reality. Uh, my life consisted of either succumbing to the cravings or craving. <laughs> it was either in the food or thinking about the food. Um, and I think something, something about this step one experience for me in step one uh, is that it wasn't, I mean, I suppose it was a choice, but it wasn't a choice that um, once I had just realized what, what other, like what fight do I have left in me? What is left in saying I can do this on my own? Um, that surrender to the step into my powerless, into the unmanageability of my life. Um, it's the, it like freed me. I know there's steps that come and I'm excited to talk about, talk about them, but I, step one was freeing for me because no longer was I being held back by like this thought that this next fix will solve it. If I just eat this certain way or hang out with these certain people or change like all my interests and hobbies and where I look, no, like I don't, it's, I'm powerless over this. Um, my life is unmanageable. And it was the first thing in my life that I actually didn't feel shame about. And I didn't feel like it, it just, it clicked for me. And um, like, finally here was this explanation, finally a family and fellows and being a part of and honesty and finally a surrendering. <laughs> um, like giving up that fight. I heard on uh, another podcast from OA meeting, someone said like the war is over and I've lost. And I love that because <laughs> it's not like I lost and, and I'm grateful for this. I didn't, you know, die, even though I can acknowledge this is an extremely fatal disease, but like I lost and I got to like wave this flag. 
and yeah, just I guess felt compelled to say that. Um, on page nine, Bill starts to describe his interaction with uh, Evie Thatcher and Evie approaching him. And I really love that Bill included everything he did because I, I also scoffed at many things I heard in the program in the beginning. I had a hard time relating to people. I didn't like how happy everyone sounded. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Um, and then of course there was talk of God and I brought everything I thought I knew into it and certainly didn't set that aside. Um, and I also could relate, Bill says, unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. And Bill's trying to get this guy who comes and is happy and his eyes are new and he says, <laughs> tries to pass him a drink. Like I can relate to wanting people I would never admit this to you, but I wanted people to be as miserable as me so I could feel better than like, I wanted to seek out the people who ate. I don't, I never opened up about the severity of my eating or my binging or my restricting, but you know, I definitely knew friends who would eat, uh, eat in ways that, I mean, I was judging myself for, but uh, at least we were in it together in those moments, I guess. Um, and Bill thinks he's gonna like lay it on him. And instead, uh, Ebby does no ranting is what Bill says. And on page 10, Bill writes, he had come to pass his experience along to me if I cared to have it. I think that's important because um, in working with others and being here tonight, like we all, I mean, have a choice. Like I can't force anyone to sit here and listen to me, especially on Zoom. You don't have to walk out of the room. You could just X out, but working with other people, like if they're open to hearing it, like I'm open to sharing. And if not, maybe it's not their time or maybe they need to hear it from someone else. But um, I like that that's included, like if I cared to have it. Um, and then in, on page 12, my friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And what a fitting uh, meeting for this quote, but I, like, what does this mean? And I was trying to like kind of unravel it today a little bit, got a little lost in my thoughts, but to pick your own idea and pick something that works. And this line for me, as it allowed Bill, gave me, it gave me like permission, it gave me freedom. Um, any anger or resentment or preconceived notions that I had were fine. It's saying, pick your own. So no longer could I, um, it just, it gives it, I have the responsibility, like I can't blame anyone else. If I've picked a higher power that doesn't work for me, that's on me. I need to expand, you know, it just like brings it back to me. I hope that, um, but it's in my, um, it, it gives me permission to, align with something that will work for me and in my case it, mean, it meant like first and foremost like aligning with something loving I didn't know what it looked like I didn't know what it would feel like I didn't I didn't know I don't claim to know completely today of course but um, again like if I've picked something that isn't working I can pick something else I can try a different approach, a different method. Like, no, like it's 
it's right there. And I think a lot of my thoughts were like, oh, well, that's, that's wrong. But those were my own thoughts telling me it was wrong. So that helped me. Um, and I think um, it gave me less to rebel against and it gave me less to fear as well. So uh, from that, it just became something that I could lean into and connect with and choosing a method and form that speaks to my own heart. And so if I came from a perspective of feeling punished and judged, I could pick something that was all loving and forgiving. And if praying to a male higher power didn't work, I could choose a female one, or I can choose a non-gendered, non-binary, non-conforming one. Like I can choose what works for me. And if praying to one power doesn't work, I can pray to higher powers. Like it's just, if maybe it's not a prayer at all. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe, you know, I just mean to say it's, it, we can choose our own conception. That's what all I mean to say. Um, so uh, on page 12, it says, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. And when I first read this, I, I guess I'm just like laying out all of the thoughts that were harmful in my spiritual development and maybe no one can relate or maybe they're the exact thoughts you've had to, but I read this and thought, okay, so I can start with having like higher power being the rooms or my sponsor or a tree, but that they want me to like eventually like morph into this monotheistic God. Like, cause I read it as it was only a matter uh, to make my beginning. And what I feel now and how I interpret it now is like, I start, for me, I started with this conception of love and it can grow into this like wider conception of love. I can find other ways to access that conception. I can find um, find deeper meaning in things. Um, so that's another thing that helps. Uh, so <laughs> um, 13 to 14 in Bill's story, he says, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. And I, I found that to be very true in my case um, of just what, what, what am I without honesty? Like what am I putting forward if I'm not being honest? Um, how can I grow if I'm not being willing? How can I, how can I follow this path without guidance? And um, it's just this, it's just this like ever expanding thing for me of seeing more and more places that I am um, like drawing walls around myself, like. Maybe it's um, thinking a prayer has to look a certain way or that a uh, relationship has to unfold a certain way. I just mean like there are these truths that I tell myself 
that aren't all that true. It's like this inability to um, differentiate the true from the false, like my own humanness. Um, Bill also speaks about working with others. And I can really relate to this concept now, even though it was something I was very afraid of then. But I see that he says on 14, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had so freely been given to me. And um, it also says the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs, particularly it was imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead. So I, I've just noticed this time and time again <clears throat> that I am a human being with like human things coming up. Like I, I have human thoughts, human emotions. I can get anxious and scared and frightened and resentful. And I can time and time again, like if I'm turning my thoughts over and being of service in some way, it's helpful. And I believe the case to be uh, that I'm the cause, or at least like the continuance of a lot of my own um, suffering. It's like my thoughts go into deeper thoughts and then I'm mad at you and I'm mad at you and then I'm mad at myself again. Um, so getting out of self has, is just um, the path for me. And that means, you know, outwards in terms of spiritual practices. And it means outwards in terms of working with, working with others, working as a sponsor, working as a sponsee, um, giving service at meetings, what, wherever it is, I've just, I've um, always found hope and help in it. Um, on 15, it says, we commence to make many fast friends and a fellowship has grown up among us of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part. And I came into program at 22 years old and I was all the things I described in the beginning. I was scared, I was a liar, I was broken and in and I know that I have a lot more growing and learning to do. I'll be the first person to admit that in a non-self-deprecating way and just like an understanding of, of my journey. But I, am, I do feel like that I'm growing up in program and I don't even know what the last two and a half to three years would look like if, if I ha hadn't found <laughs> program and a sense of spirituality and a sense of something greater than myself um and i just it's why i need to give it away and it's also why i need to keep um keep identifying in and um yeah uh i'll just end there i'm really grateful again thank you Thank you so much, Kira, for that share tonight. Thank you. I'm so glad that uh, you are here to share with us tonight. Oh, love you. I love you. Okay. Um, we are now, now is the time for, for sharing, for questions and shares. I lost the script, excuse me. Uh, 
We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharings and questions should relate to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would our timer please set a timer for three minutes for shares or for three minutes for answers to questions. Thank you so much. Subin, go ahead. Chris, we have Leslie Kay from Oregon, followed by Nancy P. Hi, my name is Leslie and I'm a compulsive overeater and so grateful to be here tonight. I've been out of the country um, for the last three weeks and <clears throat> this meeting uh, was at 2 a.m. every morning. And there was just no way I could get here. Um, so it's just great to be back and see everybody's face because the meetings I did go to on my phone, I couldn't see everybody. So this is really wonderful. And Kira, I, um, I'm so grateful that you really spent uh, a lot of thoughtful time on <clears throat> this, the concept of... Um, the higher power or God or whatever someone chooses um, in their own program, especially when people are new to program. Um, it can be so daunting to think when you even read in Bill's story, you know, that he railed against religion and he railed against, you know, he goes on and on about that. And then this guy comes to him and goes, oh, I found religion. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. But it doesn't ever turn that way because of that simple um, find your own conception. And that's what drew me to this meeting. I, um, I'm just so grateful to have found this group because uh, it ratifies in so many ways uh, the values that I um, believe are so essential for me to recover. I need that spaciousness around the concept, um, all the concepts, frankly, you know, I need that, that um, openness and that open curiosity and uh, not a righteous approach. Um, that just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. So uh, I, I love the way you broke it down and you, um, and as much as it seemed like uh, it was hard to articulate. You articulated it perfectly for me. And uh, I'm just really, really grateful. Um, I love the, the, the points that you brought to light in Bill's story. It's, it's um, all the stuff that resonates for me when I read it. And, um, and it's just, you know, I've lived a long life and in this lifetime, I've seen major movements, you know, the civil rights movement and the women's movement and, you know, going into space and, you know, the assassination of a president. I've lived through all of that. And uh, this movement is the most significant, has had the most significant impact in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm just like goosed with the spirit. I have 60 days today. Um, I feel like honored to be able to say that uh, with integrity after living in another country for three weeks. 
Um, I held on to my abstinence effortlessly because of the things that you guys share here. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Leslie. Next, we have Nancy P. Hi, good, um, good morning, good evening. Hey, everybody. Kira, awesome job. Um, you know, I used to think that I had nothing in common with Bill. I mean, I did peripherally, but I also had thought, you know, when it says, you know, to have a fellowship grow up among you, we know you will not miss that. My attitude with that was to speak for yourself. I don't want to have anything to do with these people. And when I really studied this step, you know, studied this book, I realized that I, you know, I, and just like Bill, mostly in my my um, prejudices, you know, Bill had all these prejudices and he was available, you know, he was able to, you know, sort of push through them because he was approached by someone who did no ranting. And, um, you know, it's a question of, you know, people ask me, you know, how, how did you surrender? And I always say, you know, I remember asking someone, oh, 30 years ago, how do you, how do, you do it? How did, how did it work for, me, for you? And someone one woman said, service did it for me. And when, you know, when I'm asked, how did you surrender? I always say, pain did it for me. You know, it was just sort of a question of how much pain was I, you know, was I capable of putting up with? And, you know, my life was, you know, not, you know, I never had fame and fortune thrown my way, but I, you know, I have a pretty good life and I, you know, all this, but, um, you know, I basically went from one catastrophe to another, not back to back, because I do have a good life. I live in a nice town and I live in a nice house and, you know, I have a beautiful family with two children of college age, et cetera. But, um, you know, I couldn't get through that. I couldn't. And when I, when my pain finally, you know, when I was beaten, broken and bruised and, you know, I, I was faced with, you know, this doom, you know, I put the food down, but then, uh-oh, you know, I got to get over, get over this hump, this, this God hump, which was monumental for me. And, um, you know, luckily the book says that you can do whatever you want. Um, it says it in a lot of different places and including why don't you choose your own conception? Um, and for me, that was like, you know, my prejudice was oh, easy, you know, eye roll, Olympic, you know, talented eye roll, you know, um, easy for them to say, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? Cause there's no way. I mean, I tried to fake it till I made it. I tried to act as if I tried to, to just believe, you know, and it never worked for one minute, but when I really stopped, you know, and, and by stop, I mean, I had to not be eating compulsively. And at the end, when my daughter was hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp, that stopped me. And it stopped me long enough so that not when I read Bill's story, but just sort of the process of working through the steps, I got to the point where I actually could designer higher power for Nancy P. I should open up like a house of fashion, you know, designer higher power. I designed it for myself, only for me. I mean, I'm perfectly willing to share it with anybody else who's interested, but it works for me. And that was a that was the that was the stumbling block that I had to get over because um, it was impossible because of my prejudices. And then when pain, when the pain got bad enough, I said, okay, I, you know, little Jewish humor. Okay. Already I surrender. Why are you being so mean to me? You know? <laughs> so that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy P. Next we have Robin W followed by Nancy Z. I'm Robin. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm glad to be here tonight. 
Thanks, Kira, for uh, highlighting some really good good points in this chapter. Um, I too, uh, I've read this story many times in a different fellowship. And uh, when my sponsor said, hey, let's let's read this chapter together, I was like, Ugh, can we just skip over one? Can we skip over one of these chapters? Um, but you know what? There's so much in here that, um, like, I, it's funny. I thought Bill was, I thought Bill was like a, a religious fanatic. He's not. He wasn't. He was, he, he never, I don't know where, I know where I, that came from. It came from my own, um, my own delusion. <laughs> um, but he, he, he talks, I mean, he says, I'd always believed in a power greater than myself. I'd often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. And I love on the bottom of, of page 12, you know, for a brief moment I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And so it had been ever since. And he never, I mean, he, he uses all these words, creator, you know, create creative intelligence, universal mind, spirit of nature. And, and, oh man, that stuff, like all the talk of a higher power and stuff, I just didn't want to identify with any of it. And, um, and Bill didn't either, <laughs> but I, I just, I love the choose your own conception. And, and it, it dawned on me in a meeting, in a big book meeting once, I don't know, probably six weeks ago, we were, we were reading the spiritual experience. And it's like the only way that, you, that you're not going to get this thing is if you're, um, I forget the exact words and I'm trying to find it, defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. I don't have either one of those. And so, I don't know, it just, like Nancy said, it's designer, it's designer, higher power, which is what I want it to be. And it's awesome. Um, and it's, it's, it's kept me abstinent. It's kept me sane, uh, mostly sane. Um, so I don't know. I'm so glad to be here and I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Robin W. Next we have Nancy Z. Hey everyone, hi, Nancy, Recovered Compulsive Eater, uh, Bulimic. Grateful to be here tonight. Kara, thank you. That was, I uh, can't find you on the screen, there you are. But that was absolutely wonderful, thank you. I really appreciate too um, that you talk so much about Choose Your Own Concept, about that section in Bill's story. And so as I was thinking about it, you know, when I first came into the rooms, I had this traditional um, angry God in the sky with a big black book you know, making black marks. And I had a lot of black marks next to my name and I knew it. And I lived in fear of, I lived in fear of dying because being raised the way I was, I knew I was not going to go to heaven and with the way I was living. And, um, um, you know, so when I came to this program and I heard that it was about a God, uh, I, that didn't surprise me for some reason, but, um, the God that I came in with was not the God that was going to keep me sober. That's for darn sure or abstinent. Um, and, and because of, because of the way that, that this program 
like says that choose your own conception, I had an opportunity to uh, create a new relationship with a new God. And it took a long time and it took uh, a lot of coming back and, and, um, and, and just allowing it to happen, I guess, would be the way that I would put it. Um, but I was, you know, as we were reading through, as you were talking about Bill's story, what, what I realized was, so Abby came to his house and he introduced this concept of God to, um, to Bill. And then it kind of like, if you think about it, it just kind of snowballed for him. You know, it, it's like, it, it was almost like um, his talk with Abby lifted the top off of something for him. And all of a sudden he could conceive of a higher power. And he had all these thoughts kind of tumbling out. That's kind of what I think when I read the part about after Abby talked to him, he starts thinking about God and he's got all these thoughts that are just going and going and going. And then, um, you know, it's like, it, it was like he was, you know, he was uncorked. <laughs> that's kind of a funny term to use, but, but I think that's what happens to us when we, when we finally open up, like Robin was saying, you know, the, what was holding me back was that um, unwillingness to believe in a loving, caring, higher power. And once I got willing um, and, and surrendered, then it was almost like that. It just sort of evolved, you know, and, and when I got abstinent in December, I had a relationship with, with God, but I had not surrendered all of me to him and, or to my God. And, you know, when I let go of that last visage of, my control when I let go of the control over the food it was like you know the, the doors just swung open and um yeah it's been a it's been an awesome journey uh since then so anyway I'm just really grateful to be here and I I love this chapter I love the big book and I will pass thanks Karen thanks